This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Forward Progress live here on the Hammer Betting Network, powered by Pinnacle and on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. I'm producer Jason. You can catch me here every Thursday to talk in-depth player props with Hitman and preview this Thursday night football matchup with Eric. We're not going to be taking a look at some survivor pool picks today, but if you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat. And as well, if you're going to take a look, if you want us to take a look at your props bet, please do drop them in the chat as well. We're going to be going through that with Hitman in a second here shortly. But before we get Hitman on the show, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are so close to hitting 3,700 subscribers here, guys. We are, I think, nine subscribers away. So tell your friends, uh, ask around, let them know, like, hey, we guys, we got a good show here for, for you. So make sure you're telling your friends. Make sure you let someone know that we... Uh, or giving out the best props here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. Going to bring on Hitman here in a second, but first, going to let you guys know about our sponsors over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook and has been for the last 25 years. They have everyday competitive odds, guys, and uh, if you want to take a look at Pinnacle, they always are one of the best available prices on the board. It's a must-have if you're looking to line shop, guys. You really should sign up to Pinnacle if you're in Ontario. And if you're signing up in Ontario and you haven't made an account yet, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle here. Um, your trusted sportsbook for the last 25 years, BetSmart, BetPinnacle, must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly and not available in the U.S., guys. Going to just cut to the chase here. Don't forget to drop your comments in uh, if you have any questions for Hitman. Going to bring Hitman on here, professional better. Hitman, how's it going? going well got a lot of props to talk about on this game love it love it and hopefully we can carry dan rivera through his cardio he loves to listen to us on that treadmill dan we see you hope you're enjoying it here uh let's just get started we got a great game for us this week and we've kind of been blessed the last two weeks three weeks now i think with some good thursday night football games gets me excited gets me up in the morning ready to go for this show where we don't have to talk about some terrible teams but Right now, looking at the board, Pinnacle has Seattle plus nine, minus 102, minus nine, minus 107 for the Dallas Cowboys here. And I want to talk to you a bit about the Cowboys because Cowboys at home have kind of been insane. You know, we don't really like to focus on trends here, but this is a tweet from Cleve Uh They're 5-0 and straight up this year and against the spread. I believe uh, they are 11-2 and over the last two years against the spread. Uh, after their week one loss from last year, they scored over 40 plus points in six of their last 10 home games. There's been, I believe, 35 teams. He said that have scored 40 plus points in the NFL since the beginning of 2022. So they're making up a good portion of these teams that are just blowing out teams here. Um, I mean, they've played a lot of easy competition here at home. What do you make of this Dallas team at home? Are th- and, and their drastic splits, I guess, from home versus away. Is this more so an outlier where they're playing these kind of easier teams at home? Or do you feel like maybe the market could be just generally undervaluing Dallas at home here? Yeah, I mean, you know, the typical home field advantage nowadays is worth one and a half to two points. Maybe you can make an argument for like a two and a half for some specific teams. So, 
you know, if it's worth something, I know Dallas's home field was typically considered like in the one and a half two-ish range. I mean, even if it is worth something that they've been blowing all these blowouts they've been having at home, mm-hmm. it's probably something that's just worth a half point to, to the okay. spread compared to what their home field advantage used to be considered. It's not like something that is going to be two, three point, anything crazy. So that, I mean, I, I make note of it. Maybe I, you bump them a half point on what your prior home field advantage was, but that's, that's pretty much what I would say about it. Okay. Fair enough. I just wanted to ask that because I mean, it's so odd seeing a team. I mean, I don't want to say it's odd, but it's like just like really weird how much they've been winning against the spread at home here. But again, like we said, and I, I kind of talked to TA about this. He mentioned that like this team, this defense is really built to pick on some really bad quarterbacks. And it just might be one of those events where it's just we've seen a string of some really bad quarterbacks that they've been able to play against over the last couple of games at home here. Let's uh, OK. Let, one more thing before we get I see I see all the props in the chat. I'm going to start them. We're going to get to them in a second here. Just have one more thing. I mentioned just a second ago how Dallas can bully these bad quarterbacks and how they've been really taking advantage of how the, the poor quarterback play they've been pay, playing against. Excuse me. And how their built team is built to take advantage of that. Do you think Geno Smith falls into that category? Do you think that Geno Smith is the type of quarterback that can get bullied? By this team, I mean, he looked really, he looked good last year. Looked like a a fringe top twelve, top fifteen. Let's just say quarterback. But this year, it's kind of tapered off a bit. So, do you think that the Dallas Cowboys defense can bully Geno Smith here? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough matchup. I'd probably put him in the tier of like average starting quarterbacks right now. Um, it's definitely a tough matchup. We uh, a lot of people have talked about his splits against man coverage that he's really struggled, and Dallas is running the second most man coverage in the league this season. He's also had some really bad splits against pressure this season. And Dallas is pressuring the quarterback at the highest rate in the league. So, you know, I I can kind of see the case for Geno, especially in this environment, not having a great game. I know there's been a lot of talk in the Seattle media about things that they're going to try to do different this game with the play calling and things that they did against San Fran, they're going to try to switch stuff up, but uh, it's probably, it's a tough matchup for Gino. Let's put it like that. <laughs> Fair enough here. And we got, we got a question here from Justin in the chat and let's just get right to these chat questions, guys. A reminder, all you have to do is be subscribed, drop your questions in the chat. Any props you've played are looking to play are considering playing. Uh, we can talk about them on the show live here with Hitman, the prop expert on forward progress here. Justin's asking what you think he played under 233 and a half minus 115 passing yards for Geno Smith. He says he has exceeded this total versus bad passing. These Cowboys have allowed more than that only twice this season against the 49ers, a good offense and against the Washington commanders here. So what are your thoughts on the Geno Smith under 233 and a half passing yards yeah. at minus 115? Very good number on that, that you got. And I, I like that play. Um, Gino, the talk that's been coming out of Seattle this week is that they need to and they need to start throwing shorter and get more completions, keep the offense in a rhythm. And a lot of the talk was about how last week against Seattle, they, or excuse me, against San Fran, they were taking a lot of deep shots, didn't work out. So the talk has been all about quick game for Seattle this week from the offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, Pete Carroll, Gino even. So that's probably going to equate to probably more completions if that's how they're going to play it, but less yards per attempt. And Gino 
We spoke about his stats against man, his stats against pressure. So, yeah, I, I think that that's that that might be wor- worth a play, especially at that number. Uh, yeah, I did uh, get Gino completions over. Okay, that was early in the week. The line's kind of gotten away from me. It was at twenty and a half at one point this week, but it's one of those games, you know. I could see a Geno completions over hitting and a yards under yeah. hitting also. So, I mean, maybe just an idea. I know, like, if you same-game parlay a lot of this stuff, that's anti-correlated mm-hmm. in the same-game parlay markets. But I could see something like maybe like a Geno over completions, over pass attempts, but the yards ends up going under. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense here, especially with how good this Dallas D has been and, and how dangerous their corners are, really. And like you mentioned there, the game planning for Seattle might be a little uh, unique event where we can get those inverse core. We can take advantage of the inverse correlation here. I'm just taking a look at the board right now. Geno Smith unders uh, best price available, 232 and a half passing yards at a shop that will probably limit you in a second if you take it. But Pinnacle has that at 232 and a half as well at minus 133 instead of that minus 120 that's available at that limiting shop here always got to give the shout out to pinnacle and then right now just want to quickly contextualize things the completions are at around 21 and a half 22 and a half for um for gino smith here uh i see a lot of questions in the chat here let's get around to them um nathan is asking in the chat jsn over receiving yards J- uh, nathan if you can do us a big favor here guys just a reminder whenever you drop plays please just attach a number and a price it really helps us out uh with the flow of the show and, and uh contextualizing what we're looking at because obviously uh number and price is the most important thing here when we're talking about this stuff looking at the board jsn is at around 42 and a half Best price in the market and getting over at minus 110 here for JSN. So let's look at it. Hey, man, JSN over 42 and a half receiving yards. You like it? Apparently, according to Nathan, this is his homecoming. Yeah, good news and bad news. Good news is I bet this. Bad news is that the price is kind of just out of my Going range right now. I played over 38 and a half, 39 and a half. There's been a lot of talk from Seattle about looking to get him more involved mm-hmm. in the game plan. But with with that said, it's just the numbers just kind of gotten away from me a little bit. I would just say that over 42 and a half ish, which is the market right now, yep. it would just be a lean towards the over. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, market around 42 and a half right now. I mean, remember, if- like, this is the number that he's been having every single week, yep. but it's a significantly harder matchup for Seattle this week. So, like, at 42 and a half, 43 and a half, like you're kind of paying now for the this premium. is one of the highest numbers that he's had in a while, and it's in a tough matchup. So I just think it's one of those that the, the early number, in my opinion, was good, but it's just a lean at the moment. All right, just quickly, let's let's stick with JSN here. I want to ask you about uh, the, the receptions. You talked about Geno Smith completions. You talked about them wanting to mix in some short uh, some short yardage situations here, pass more uh, on on these shorter plays. Uh, JSN's uh, reception total right now is at four and a half. Best price is one thirty. You can find that at Pinnacle. You can find that at some other books as well for the over. But then there's also some three and a halfs on the board. I think there's like a minus one sixty two three and a half. Are those like interesting to you at all? Like for example, would you pay the juice or is that minus one sixty two a little yeah, bit too it, much? It, it's been it's been bet in the place okay. in my opinion. And I did bet over three and a half at like the one forty ish range. Probably like 145, 150-ish is like the highest I'd go to. You, you never know. Like maybe it pops up again. Maybe there's a service that gives out a JSN under, and mm. these lines pop up again. So it's not outside the realm of possibilities. But, yeah, at the moment, it's a, it's a pass for me. 
Yeah, uh, keep an eye on the board, as we always like to mention here, as it gets closer to game time, because there will be a lot of moving parts, especially if we like any unders here or if Hitman's leaning towards the under. Always keep an eye on the board, because sometimes closer to get to the game, sometimes the totals can get bet up here. Uh, let's look towards... Let's look towards the Dallas side of the ball here. I'm seeing a couple of questions. First one I got here is from Biz Nasty five four six three seven two. If that's the real Biz Nasty, howdy Biz Nasty. Um, Tony Pollard over nineteen and a half receiving yards at minus one fifteen. You like that look here for Tony Pollard? I don't have much of an opinion. Honestly. Okay, fair enough here. Fair enough here. Let's let's skip over that one and let's look towards someone else on the Dallas Cowboys, Milf Hunter, in the chat talking about C.D. Lamb. He's looking at the under 87 and a half at minus 110. He's asking for pain or asking for pain or see if it goes up a little bit before kickoff here. We just talked about that. What are your thoughts on the under 87 and a half at minus 110? We've seen Dallas blow out some teams. Maybe he'll only play three quarters. Who knows? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I, I know that I will be on some Lamb unders. Okay. But it's at shops that I'm probably going to get like in the low 90s on him okay. and just some rogue shops. I mean, if you have a lot of outs, look for these unders on star players closer to game time. You're probably going to get a, a good price on it. Um, but uh, like the, the current market, not much of an opinion. All right. I don't want to give away too much here, but there is one rogue shop at uh, 90 and a half right now. But yeah, that would be a bad can't really get much down on there anyways. But yeah. hey, again, it depends what your un unit size you're playing with here. I know someone like me who's like, that's really small. I'm probably going to go play that after the show here. Uh, got a couple more uh, in here. Some of them are looking towards Sunday. We'll get to those a little bit later, Patrick. I see you. I, I don't, don't want you to think that I'm not uh, looking at that. But there was a question about... Uh, we talked about JSN here. Um, but let's get to Josh's question here. We got some... Actually... Let's hold, let's hold on Josh's question here for a bit. Let's get with Eric. Eric has Brandon Cooks. He has the under 42 and a half at plus 100 on his receiving yards. We just saw Brandon Cooks rip off two big games here for the Dallas Cowboys. You feel like that's probably inflated his number up a little bit. I feel like it might have been higher coming into the week, and you probably bet it down a bit, Hitman. I didn't, don't doubt that you didn't. <laughs> nah, it, nah. It, it, it probably it came out to about what I expected. Okay. It would be, to to so, be honest. Do you like that spot right here, the under 42 and a half at plus 100? I hate to say it, not much of an opinion. Okay. <laughs> not much All right. of an opinion. That's fine. We got um, listen. I see we... somebody mentioned the DAC under passing yards. That's a lean under for me. Seattle, okay. you know, under the radar, Seattle's pass defense has not been that bad by like a lot of metrics. And we're at the point where Dak is like at a number that he closed at against Washington last week. And like Seattle's pass defense is significantly better than Washington's. So I would strong lean towards Dak under at that 283 and a half-ish number. Okay, so that's that's from AZ Mike B. Uh, he took the Dak under 283 and a half at minus 115. I don't know if that's still available here. I always want to check because, man, you guys always get CLV. It's crazy. Uh, the 283 and a half is not available. There's a 282 and a half at minus 11, minus 115. I think that's that would also be anything like in the 280s. I lean towards under. All right, that makes sense here. Uh, Eric also has another question here. I kind of wanted to ask you about it. I stayed off it because I feel like it, it would be a bit of a joke. But Deron Bland, no interception at minus six hundred. Would you would you be willing to lay the juice on that? Is that crazy? I know it's not really your market, but yeah, it's not really my market where I have great pricing. You know, let me. You know what, Eric? Check out 
if there's a yes and a no at that book. So then you'll at least like you usually can't get ripped off on the yeah. price. Like I'll, I'll tell you this, the yes, I guarantee you has no value. I don't even sure. need to hear the price. I'm sure the yes has no value. The no, I'd have to run, I'd have to run some numbers on it. Fair enough here. It's also funny. I've seen some books post. That's a low number. Minus 600 is, it feels, it sounds low. good, but yeah. Uh, he says, yes, it's plus 400, but just quickly here, I've seen books say Duran Bland pick six and in brackets says he has done it five times this year. It's like the cra- yeah. craziest thing with, especially yeah, with hor- one market. H- horrible odds there. Um, But yeah, so the other side is plus 400. Maybe we'll touch on that in a second. Nathan, I see your question about Dak Prescott. We'll get to that with Eric. Cause it's a little bit, uh, going to talk about that stuff with Eric here for a second. Let's get into one more question before we get into your best bets here. Thoughts on Geno Smith over nine and a half rushing yards at minus 120 comes from Andy B here. I mean, I personally not a fan of betting the underdog rushing numbers just because like the, I feel like the, I'm sure this is all priced in, but me mentally, I'm, I like to factor in those kneels. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. It's over nine and a half rushing yards. So just yeah. disregard everything I said here. So over, <laughs> over nine and a half rushing yards at minus 120, Geno Smith, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Haven't thought about it much, but one thing that would concern me just a little bit thinking subjectively about it is the fact that he did have a minor ankle sprain in the okay. last game. And he also has been dealing with the shoulder. So maybe a little bit less likely to take some of those hits. So just subjectively not in love with it. All right, a little bit more hesitant for you there. That just about wraps up all the questions here. You can still feel free to ask questions. We'll get to them around when Eric pops in here in just a second. Um, Let's get to our best bets. I already see some questions in the chat here, and they have to do with your best bet here. You said you like Charbonnet a lot. Josh is asking about Sharb over rushing and receiving yards, seven over 74.5 at minus 110. He's also looking at the longest rush over 12.5 minus 110 here. I also have a little stat from Ben Baldwin on Twitter, Computer Cowboy. Uh, The Cowboys have been the worst early down rush defense in the league by success rate allowed, which is kind of interesting to see with how good their defense has been. seems like they're not afraid of the run on early downs. They kind of invite it. So is this like a smash spot for Charbonnet? And what are you looking towards? Yeah, I've played Charbonnet overs. I played the rush receiving. I played the rush. I played the carries. Uh, The one that I think still has the most breathing room as far as value the, the rush yards kind of got away from me a little bit. I played yep. 46 and a half and 48 and a half on that. But I think that the rush attempts at 13 and a half is the best bet that we have available right now. I think there might even be plus money yep. still out there's- there, but I think it's good to like, there's a lot of minus 108, minus 110, probably up to minus 115. Remember, Charbonnet closed last week at 14 and a half, and that was against San Fran which is a similar matchup to this as far as like game script could get away from them, tough defense. He closed 14 and a half. He landed 14, and that was literally in the worst game script that you could have imagined. Like Seattle lost the time of possession like 23 minutes to seven in the first half, and he still ended up getting there. And he got 87% of the snaps for Seattle. So I think they're over 13 and a half carries still has a little bit of value. Gonna lock that in. The, excuse me, lock that in at plus one hundred two. A couple of shops carrying a plus one hundred two. Some shops even carrying a plus one hundred. Widely available number here. Pretty sure you can get a, a lot down at these uh, sports books that are offering the over rush temps of thirteen and a half. Zach Charbonnet locking that in. A reminder: you can find all of our plays tracked right above my head here on the Forward Progress HQ Bet Stamp account. Just head over to betstamp.app. 
uh, sign in and type in, go to find betters page, type in FWD progress HQ. You can find all of our plays there. I'm, I'm holding on to you a little bit here. Hey man, I apologize going a little bit over time. I seems to seem to do it every week here. So let's get on to your next best bet and your last best bet of the night for this game. Tyler Lockett under 48 and a half receiving yards. He has been the guy on Seattle that has really struggled against man coverage out of their big three receivers, JSN Metcalf and himself. And you know, there's been Lockett has, we don't know, has he, is he a hundred percent healthy? He's been dealing with a hamstring for a while. And there's all this talk. Pete Carroll said, I want to get the ball more to JSN. I want to get the ball more to our tight ends. And I want a quicker passing game. All three of those don't bode well for Tyler Lockett receiving yards. So you have that going for you. And just the fact that all year he's been really poor against man coverage. All right. I love it. I love when you bring those matchup angles. It's always uh, very insightful. Your opinion, Jeff, here. Hey, man, I'm going to let you go before I do. We always do this every time. We've got three questions for you. One of them being any best bets for Sunday or any season-long win totals you got for us. All right. We fared well with the season win totals. Um, I think the biggest one that I said I liked the most was that Jets under like eight and a yeah. half, nine and a half, whatever it was early in like week two or three. Um, this one I like a lot. So I made this a half game off. And you might say, like, oh, well, what is that, a half game off? Listen, it's a six-game season right now. So, like, a half game off is as good as you're going to get in any season win total markets right now. But a lot of books still have these season wins up. The Cincinnati Bengals, under seven and a half wins, can find minus 105, good to minus 140-ish. There, there's definitely some breathing room on this because these half wins are more valuable juice-wise. But I don't think that the market's fully accounting for the fact that this could be a bottom three, four, or five team. So yeah. I made it seven. We're getting under seven and a half. Fair enough. That's, here that's the season win bet of the century. Of everybody. the century, as you see in his headline. I bet, it, I bet it big. I bet more than $1,000 on my portfolio. It was <laughs> so, it was a big yeah, bet. Cor- cornering the market on the Bengals under season win total there. So <laughs> biggest position in the market. Anyways, uh, unofficial prediction for tonight's game. We always do this. The Seahawks. Seattle keeps it a lot more competitively than Love people it. think. Haven't okay. even bet it against the spread. So, so that's you- how much confidence I have. But I was definitely leaning towards Seattle in this game. All right. With I'm going write, to write you down for Seattle plus nine. Then anything for the total over under 47 and a half at Pinnacle. Yeah, here. Nothing. Nothing. Eh? Okay. All right. Trying to keep those liens alive there on the lean. Seattle leaner got to board. ten. I would. I would bet it. Okay. If Seattle cool. gets to ten. So. I appreciate that. And remember, this is all gun to the head stuff. Um. And then last thing before you go, first TD prop that you like, any TD prop that you like, last TD thing, give it to me. Uh, first TD, whatever the hell JSN's price is. <laughs> All right. Gun to your head. I love it. I love that. Hitman, thank you so much for joining us. You can catch Hitman here every Wednesday on our best bet show. If you guys missed out on the show, make sure you check it out. Just click on the Forward Progress YouTube channel and you'll be able to find it for sure. Hitman, thank you so much for joining today. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. See ya. That was Hitman. Professional better. You can find him over at, on Twitter at Hitman428. Patrick, I see, I see you. I see that you asked those questions. DM me on Twitter. I'll ask Hitman myself. I'm sorry I couldn't get around to the to asking him the Kittle over 46 and a half, Najee Harris over 49 and a half. You were just running a little bit over time. Apologize to you guys. Uh, sorry, we can't get to all the questions here. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll ask Hitman about it. Or you can hit up Hitman on Twitter. I'm sure he'll be open to answering those questions. Now, Eric, I feel so bad. He's been sitting in in, in the waiting room for a little bit here. A couple of housekeeping notes to bring up 
to get to before we bring him on here. Just a quick reminder, we're not going to do Survivor stuff this week, but if you have any Survivor questions, please feel free to ask them in the chat. Uh, if we get questions, we'll obviously address them, but if not, we're probably just going to lay off that because there's so many different factors going into Survivor. It's kind of hard to give like a a, a pick that, uh, over these last couple of weeks here. And then another thing, uh, one more thing to get to, guys. You see my header right down below me right here, going to beat Zach and win $600. If you're wondering how you could do the same and have a chance at winning $600, go check out the pinned message in the chat right now. Uh, we're, we're partnering with a cool little app called the Locker uh, Locker.bet. If you head over to their website, Locker.bet, and sign up for their beta, you'll be able to have a chance to win $600 while, we, while you're watching our live watch along at 8 p.m. tonight here. So we're going to be partnering with them throughout the first half of our stream. You just kind of got to make predictions. It's completely free to enter. And uh, yeah, you have a chance at winning $600 going head-to-head with Sack here. It's for this Thursday night football game. And it's going to be a great way that we can interact with you guys, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you check it out. Free chance to win $600. All you got to do is sign up here and play along with us live. And just again, a reminder, you can catch us live here every primetime Thursday night football and primetime Sunday night football game at 8 p.m. tonight. we got Rob Pozzola alongside Eric Eager, G-Stack George, Jeff Feinberg, and of course, Zach Phillips, who you will be playing against right now. Let's not bury the lead here. Time to bring in Eric Eager. He's the VP of Sumer Sports. You can catch him alongside Thomas Dimitrov every week on the Sumer Sports, or you can catch him here also every Wednesday on Forward Progress. Eric Eager, how is it going, my man? Things are good. Uh, look, this might not be the best game in the world, but if you look towards Sunday, this is my one of the best games of the weekend, so we better enjoy it. <laughs> I, I love your perspective on things. It's always uh, a fresh take. I, I still think it's going to be a fun game here regardless. I know Hitman mentioned that he thinks Seattle's going to be able to keep it close, but I think it's also fun if, if things get out of hand. It's always fun watching Dallas beat the crap out of these uh, little teams. Uh, they always feel like the big brother of the NFC South. Let's just jump right into it. And I want to lead with some award stuff here, right? There's only five, six games left in the season. Um, and there's a little bit more for the awards market to shake out here. It's always important to note that narrative is very important for these awards market as well as the stats, but it seems to be the narrative that likes to drive things here. So let's start with the biggest topic of awards for this week that I've seen floating around on Twitter. Let's start with the de- defensive player of the year. One of the biggest front runners is on the Dallas Cowboys here. Deron Bland his price is just this past week. It was like around the 20 to one range down all the way down to 12 to run range this week. I- I- I'm just curious what the case is for him to win defensive player of the year over a guy like TJ Watt, who might break the sack record again here. What are your thoughts on Duran Deron Bland, excuse me, defensive player of the year. Yeah, it's hard for a defensive back to win it when they're not considered kind of like a shutdown corner. Like the last Mm -hmm. time we saw, you know, we had, um, you know, we had uh, Stephon Gilmore win it back, I believe, in 2019. Uh, And even then it was 2018 was a better season for Gilmore than 2019 was. And that's like kind of characteristic of this award. Right. So they they generally speaking will, um, you know, give it out to a player who is kind of in that next year. So Bland, who had a good year last year, is kind of like, you know, cashing in on on some stuff this year. Maybe next year he goes in as somewhat of a favorite. The five interceptions returned for a touchdown is a, is a record. The last time though that we saw the record the record matched was Eric Allen in 1993. He finished eighth uh, in Defensive Player of the Year awards. So it's just not one of the. It's just one of those awards where people look at the interceptions maybe more flukily than than normal, and so. Uh, you know, I, I, I know Nathan in the chat says they give him another three pick sixes. How does he not win the award? Sure, I, I get that. 
I just think that the, you know, this is an award that's oftentimes given to a defensive lineman. Uh, and, and, you know, and so Bland's just like swimming uphill here. He certainly deserves some accolades. I just don't know whether or not uh, he's he's going to get them this year. Yeah, and he's done a good job stepping in for for Diggs here. And I mean, hey, like I had to ask the question because I, I know TA in our chat mentioned he was looking at some of those prices uh, just because after that Thursday night football game, some shops were still hanging them, uh, which I thought was a little yeah. odd considering like we had Miles Garrett who got hurt, right? But again, TJ Watt is still in the mix. Miles Garrett seems to be a little bit healthier here. Uh, let's move on to the MVP award. Uh, another guy in this game who's in the top five-ish, top four-ish uh, in pricing. We got Dak Prescott sitting at around 10 to 1 on most sites here. Just curious to hear your case for Dak Prescott to win MVP over the likes of, I don't know, guys like Jalen Hurts or potentially Tua or even Lamar. What are your thoughts on Dak Prescott to win MVP here? Yeah, I think, you know, it was funny because, you know, there have been a lot of people that have been complaining about kind of like some of these these metrics uh, for quarterbacks and how some of them, you know, don't end up winning and, and uh, they, they still get it. Like Dak is kind of, you know, best of both worlds, right? We're, yeah. And he hasn't started all these games, but the last two years, they've won 12 games each for Dallas. This year, they're probably going to win 12 or more games. And so he's got the winning side that you almost, you do need to be the MVP. Um, again, not making a value adjustment, just trying to predict what the, the committee will or what the voters will think. Now, beyond that, you know, you look at EPA, you know, total EPA, which is generally speaking the metric that almost every single MVP finishes in the top one or two in. Josh Allen has the most EPA in the NFL. Brock Purdy has the second most per per pass play. Dak Prescott is is third and, uh, you know, 92 EPA, 0.22 EPA per play, which among quarterbacks, uh, is also third behind only Brock Purdy and Josh Allen. So he's got the statistics to go along with it. Um, I think if Dallas were to down the stretch beat Philadelphia, Philadelphia were to fall off a little bit, maybe Dallas wins the division. I do think that he's a, a possibility there. So Dak is firmly in it right now. I think that this is probably the last week uh, to get a taste of that, just because I think after he performs tonight, though, it'll be a little bit, the price will be a little bit shorter uh, and it won't be worth it anymore. But I think Dak has some of the goods to be the MVP of the NFL this year. Yeah. And some great uh, points brought up in the chat here. Patrick mentioning Dak isn't winning MVP if they don't win the division, like you just mentioned there. And then also Nathan saying, if the Cowboys don't beat the Eagles next week, Dak has no chance. IMO. I feel like he's asking your thoughts, but you just answered that question out right here. Also, Milf Hunter has a great question here. Last QB to win without a top two seed was. Peyton Manning in 2008. Every winner in the 17 playoff era has had a buy. Uh, do these guys not on the top seed really have a chance? Let's say they do beat the Eagles, um, but the Eagles still manage to win out and they're ahead of the, the Cowboys by one win here. Do you think that he's going to, like, he'll have a chance to edge out uh, uh, Jalen Hurts on that? Yeah, I don't know what M's first name is, but I, you just kind of assigned one to him. But it M over here, Mr. Hunter. Um, He's overlooking the fact that there was one MVP in the middle there, but it wasn't a quarterback. Adrian Peterson of the Minnesota Vikings, there were 10 and six uh, that year in a, just a wild card in the NFC North. So there, there is precedent uh, for, uh, you know, for a person to win the MVP award when they're not necessarily, you know, a great football team. Now this Dallas team is a great football team. And, you know, as, as uh, he or she said, Peyton Manning in 08, that team was a wild card team, uh, not, not even a division winner in 08. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there, there is a chance for him, um, but it gets a lot easier if he were to win next week against Philadelphia. I think a win next week, um, given how transient the award is in the marketplace, 
even if they don't end up winning the division, let's say, you know, Philadelphia wins this week, loses to Dallas next week, uh, and the Cowboys finish a game back, I still think he'll he'll be a decent uh, play just because uh, he will have played pretty well in, in all likelihood uh, down the stretch. Yeah, and also your goal in attacking these markets is to try and like plan out and kind of get closing line value on them, I guess, or get uh, good positions on on multiple sides. So this might be, if you've been doing that throughout the year, this might be a good spot for you to, uh, or a last chance spot, I guess, to maybe buy on Dak Prescott if you think he has a chance here. Nathan was asking which QB has the highest chance of winning the MVP, or sorry, excuse me, which non-QB has the highest chance of winning the MVP. Or is just that just a complete pipe dream? I just think it's it can't be like yeah. uh, this is this is going to be the year if any that you're going to get a non quarterback. Tyreek Hill is probably you know the person that you have to look at. Maybe a p- player like Miles Garrett. Uh, if Cleveland were to win, you know, win out and and uh, but let's say win the AFC North or something like that, how improbable that would be. Um, that those are probably players that you have to look at. Um, but it's just simply not an award that is won by non quarterbacks anymore. And I think. If I remember correctly, Lawrence Taylor, 1986, which was the year I was born, Jason. I know it's born. You know, I'm an I'm an old compared to you. That was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last time a defensive player won MVP. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's not happening in our lifetime, um, and I don't think it's going to happen now. The the sneaky one, and I know he's second, so it's not worth a bet, but it could mm-hmm. fuck up everybody's bet. Is Patrick Mahomes right? Like Mahomes and the Chiefs, if they finish 14 and three again, yeah. and he were to come on a little bit and and finish, you know, let's say. Uh, in the last six games, he were to throw, you know, two and a half touchdowns a game. Now you're talking about, you know, 37 touchdowns. That's going to be about what you would need to 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 have him be the MVP. It's not a good value because the, the but it's like a free space for the marketplace where we're all trying to look at value and try to take somebody who has who who you know whose number is off, and you have this kind of like player sitting there at about you know seven to two or so at times, or, or you know five to one. And that's going to ruin everybody's uh, best laid plans because he truly is the MVP of the league. Yeah. Uh, and at any given time, he could demonstrate that. Yeah. And he's got, he's got, listen, his receiving chorus giving him a good bump as to reason why he should probably uh, be winning MVP there with all those drop passes. That hilarious thread that you I think you retweeted about primetime games and, and Casey, something about the lights. Hilarious. Read. Anyways, uh, I'm getting off track here. Let's get back on track. I wanted to, like, we were just talking about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, how they kind of beat up on little teams. I look at them as the older brother of the NFC or one of the older brothers of the NFC because they just beat down on lesser opponents just a, a lot. Um, and again, that's not to take anything away from them. They like to beat on worse quarterbacks. But I mean, when they do that, like, how do you evaluate them right because they're only their three losses came against arizona which was kind of like not a great loss but the other two losses were san fran and the eagles right so like how do you evaluate a team like the cowboys who seem to just blow out every other lesser opponent and lose to their i guess their rivals in 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 the nfc here the niners and the eagles and then one more question here uh their path to the super bowl almost certainly has one if not both of those teams on the way how do they match up against them well, Adam Chernoff made a very good point on his podcast the other day where he was saying, like, if you look at this point spread of eight and a half, you either have to make Dallas the best team in the NFL or you have to you have to make uh, Seattle a below average team. Neither one of those two things is true. I mean, the reason, though, and this is why, you know, the the founder, the hammer, Rob Pizzola, why I think, you know, he's so uh, revered in the space and stuff like you have to look at the matchups. Right. And the matchups for Dallas almost always play to a a. The, the being, 
you know, beating up on crappy teams. But to that point, when you're handicapping these games, it's not as easy as saying, oh, Dallas is six and a half points better than the average team out of neutral. And, you know, Seattle's one and a half points better than the average team out of neutral. Take that difference at home field. And that's the point spread. Usually, you know, the Dallas Dallas has, you know, the aggressiveness defensively, the the turn, you know, the the ability, you know, Dan Quinn does a lot of things that really mess with the head of bad quarterbacks, uh, stunts and, and uh, safety rotations and that kind of thing that that enlarges the point spread in situations where uh, they're playing a weaker team. Now, that doesn't always happen. I mean, they they were. They lost to the Arizona in week three of the NFL season, but for the most part, there that that's a good way to think about it. But then that that you know that uh, strength over other teams shrinks in the playoffs, and then you you add to that the fact that Dak Prescott is also somewhat of a front runner in that he's you know very good when when leading, he's very good uh, you know stylistically that way. Um, he, he it's not necessarily as, as good when you play a team like San Francisco or Philadelphia, although he was brilliant against Philadelphia earlier this season. So I think it's a styles issue for them uh, that really this sort of shows itself in these, in these big, in these smaller games against sm- not lesser teams and kind of wilts away a little bit when you play uh, better teams in the playoffs. And beyond that, it could just be noise as well. Like it, it could just be the fact that you're, they've only played San Francisco a handful of times over the past few years and Dak has struggled in those games. Yeah, fair enough here. Uh, it's just, again, it's so interesting with football. Like you said, styles makes fights. And we're also working with such small samples uh, on a team versus team basis. It's always interesting. Styles makes fights. I love that. Let's flip to the other side here. Let's look at the Seahawks. Uh, let's talk a bit about Geno Smith. You talked about how the Dallas Cowboys, and we talked about this earlier with Hitman, the Dallas Cowboys like to beat on lesser quarterbacks. My question to you is, is Geno Smith considered I know he's around league average, but do you think he's that lesser quarterback? We've kind of seen a little bit of regression from him last year. Do you think this year it's like a result of offensive line injuries? Do you think it's a result of more teams being aware of his struggles against man coverage? Uh, talk to me about Geno Smith here and his regression. Yeah, he's just a classic kind of average quarterback where mm-hmm. the the situation around him last year, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross had good rookie seasons. Uh, you know, Lockett and Metcalf were both better than they were this year. There was a thread by Nate Tice. I just recently on Twitter talked about kind of some of the detail oriented things falling off a little bit for the wide receivers of the Seattle Seahawks. Metcalf has been injured for, for one and, and, and Lockett's been banged up at times. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker, we're probably not going to see him tonight. He's doubtful. Uh, so, you know, there, the, some of the supporting cast, I think has gone away for Gino and, and the other part of, and we talked about this going into the year, Gino regressed in the second half of last season. I mean, halfway through the yeah. year, that that's what earned him the Pro Bowl, not the back half of the year. I mean, we they had to win a game against the Los Angeles Rams in Week 18 last year to hold off Detroit. Um, whereas early in the season, you know, Geno's offense and and frankly earlier this season put up 40 something points against the Lions. So I think that Geno was hot in the first half of last year, um, and then a lot of things have kind of like crumbled a little bit around him. And as such, Geno is having a hard time, sort of like uh, you know, keeping the whole boat afloat and. That's okay. I mean, when we went into last season, like we thought Drew Locke was going to beat him out. So he's still like playing well above our expectations for him. It's just not necessarily as good as we thought it was at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm, I feel so bad. I forget someone tweeted this out, but I, I don't want to, I hate not crediting people. Um, but someone mentioned that he's getting paid like the 18th best quarterback and he is playing like the 18th. The 18th best yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad, It ha- it's not a bad contract. And you know, I think if you're Seattle, you're banking on the fact that that offensive line is going to stay healthy, that the receivers are going to be great, and the defense is going to be complementary. And like, I think Geno is probably letting everybody down the least amount of those those entities. 
Yeah, last question here before we get into our best bets. Just to look at, I always like to ask you about team building future because uh, you're one of the better minds in the content space that likes to talk about this kind of stuff. And you guys talk a lot, excuse me, a lot about it on the Sumer Sports Show with Thomas Dimitrov. Go check out the the, the freaking podcast feed. What are you doing? Anyways, um, Seahawks are still a very good young team. And it feels like they're in no man's land right now, right? It feels like they're in that spot where they're too good or too good to bottom out, but not good enough to win like to win a Super Bowl, right? But they have like really good young players on their roster. What is the missing piece here? I assume it's quarterback. Is there a way to improve on Geno Smith? Is it like, uh, are you, would you look in free agency, maybe take a stab at Kirk Cousins? Is he too close to Geno Smith? Do they look in the draft, maybe draft a quarterback in the first round and kind of let him work one year behind Geno Smith and then uh, maybe cut Geno Smith the next year if this quarterback pans out? I'm not really sure how the contract situation works. What are your thoughts on like what this Seattle team needs to do to take a step to get to the next level? Yeah, I think when you look at it, let's let's look at Gino's contract for a second here. I mean, it, it's it's not a terrible contract next mm-hmm. season. Um, no guaranteed money. Uh, you know, only the prorated bonuses that are uh, that are an issue for him. So um, they can get off of him relatively quickly and save you know thirteen point eight million or so or so next year. So there, there's not really an issue. I, I think what you do is you, you draft the young quarterback and you try to develop him, and make sure uh, you know that that you have a future there. Um, because Gino's, you know, he's 33 years old right now. So it's, it's not even that he's also young and kind of mid, but it's also, he's older. Like, you know, Kirk Cousins, talk about him being old. Kirk is 36 years old. He's not that much older than, than Gino Smith is. So it, 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 I, I think, you know, you develop Witherspoon. Tariq Woolen got benched last week. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure, like, how, what, if his star is falling a little bit. Obviously, the Jamal Adams deal is bad for them. Um, but, you know, you have some pieces there, Boye Mafe, uh, Daryl Taylor, guys that can rush the passer. Like maybe maybe another issue is coaching. Like I think Pete Carroll, for example, is is a much better coach than I think a lot of the analytics folks give him credit for. But he's he an above average coach in the NFL is a really good question. So it, it's tough. They are really in no man's land. And maybe there needs to be a different voice, whether that voice is a different quarterback or a different coach. Hey, if he ever needs uh, somewhere to go to be a defensive coordinator, I know his old home USC is still looking for one here. Let's move on to our best bets. Uh, G, uh, you got you got a best bet for tonight. Oh, you got one for us here. A couple guys in the chat were asking about it earlier. Nathan was asking Dak Prescott over half in minus 115. And then Justin, who bet on the season-long future of over 10.5 in for Geno Smith. He says he needs three more and him to stay healthy to get that bet to cash here. Eric, let's disappoint these two. Yeah, I... I so I make Prescott to throw an interception tonight, minus 109. So uh, minus 115 is obviously not playable. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, though, I make Geno Smith not to throw an interception, minus 101, basically even money. Uh, you can get that at plus 120 on the marketplace. So I do think Geno under one interception – or sorry, under 0.5 interceptions uh, is, a, is a good play. Um, I have a first touchdown prop that I'm kind of – Copying off of Rob Pizzola last week, not the first touchdown version of it, but a player that he really liked last week that we sweated out uh, on the live stream uh, together. Uh, but that's that's my favorite one today is, is Gino not to throw an interception, which I know hurts a lot of these these season long futures for some of our friends here. But hey, Justin, it's plus 126 over at Pinnacle. You're getting a pretty good uh, uh, edge here based on Eric's numbers here. You can find the under half, half interception plus 126 going to lock that in. On Pinnacle, you can find a plus 120 out there, but hey, get those extra six cents. Line shop if you're in Toronto, or excuse me, if you're in Canada and you have Pinnacle available to you, you should probably play it over there as it's the best in market. I promise I didn't tell Eric to pick the bet, the, the his bet that has the best price at Pinnacle. Anyways, let's get let's get you out of here, Eric. I apologize. I'm keeping you for so long. 
We always do this every time. Give me an unofficial prediction for tonight's game on the spread here. Yeah, um, I make the game nine. So uh, I guess if you can get eight and a half, uh, there's a, a tiny amount of value, not much uh, in the way there. But I do think Dallas is definitively better. I do think that they leverage some of the things that that uh, they do against some lesser teams. Uh, I do agree with Hitman, though. I don't think Seattle is dead here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do think Dallas, I, as far as the total is concerned, um, if I had, if I had to, I'd, I'd, I'd look over, but, uh, but that one's not one I'm, I'm, I'm super, uh, uh, super convicted about, let's say. Fair enough here. I always like to put the gun to the head and ask you this question. And then finally, last question before you head out here First the prop, you alluded to it, lay it on us. I think this one actually wins, and and there's there's a lot of different prices. There's actually one of them that's a hundred to one uh, on the marketplace right now. Uh, Colby Parkinson first touch. Love it. I love it. Uh, Colby Parkinson first. We touch. had to sweat out Colby one catch and over six and a half yards the other day. <laughs> oh, and all the way to halfway through the fourth quarter. I know Rob is really, excited. but you know he's on the field a lot. You know they could run leak with him or something like that, and if it does, you know obviously you could turn uh, a small amount of money into a big amount of money there, and that's that's one that like I've been on the show all year and I've never really liked one until that one. I, I've always put one up there that I you know because of because uh, of you know gun to head, but this is actually one that I would play myself. All right, you know what? Just for fun's sake, let's lock this in because I'm also I'm, I'm going to play this when we're done with the show here. I'm going to put a little five uh, bucks on it right now. Uh, let's just throw a dart 100 to one Colby Parkinson. Listen, he gets the red zone targets. I remember I played Colby Parkinson with TA. I think TA gave one out. I want to say in week three in a Monday night football primetime game with Seattle here. A lot of fun. Colby Parkinson. I mean, listen, if Geno Smith rolled out left instead of rolling out right for his first touchdown uh, in that game, it would have hit Colby Parkinson. He was wide open at the bottom of the screen there. Anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to stop uh, my, uh, complaining right now and i'm gonna let you go here eric because i know you have a lot of places to be eric thank you so much for tuning in guys you can check eric every week check out eric every week here on the forward progress youtube channel wednesday best bet show make sure you go check out that show and then what are you doing head over to the podcast feed sumer sports show head over to the sumer sports website tons of cool information there i always use it to get prepped for my show i always like to use it to get a little bit of information on props for things that i'm looking for so eric thank you so much for for uh helping us out here thank you so much for stopping by jason you're the best have a good one Appreciate it, Eric. Talk to you soon. All right. That was Eric Eager, VP of Sumer Sports, one of the goats in, uh, in in the content game. Love whenever we were able to get him on here for the show. Uh, let's do a quick little recap. I haven't been doing this recently, but let's do a quick little recap for you guys. Uh, we got the Colby Parkinson over first year. We're going to play a small amount. going to play five bucks on that to win. Uh, five to win 500 here, 100 to one best price available in the market. We also have Geno Smith under half interception at plus 126. We have Tyler Lockett under 48 and half receiving yards, minus 110. And then we have Zach Charbonnet over 13 and a half rush attempts at plus 102. Guys, you're welcome for recapping that. I feel like I've earned a couple likes here. So if you haven't liked the show, guys, please do it before you head out, uh, head out of the stream here. It really helps me out. And uh, Rob Pozzola said he won't kick me to the curb like he did two weeks ago. Uh, if I can get 50 likes on the show. So get those likes up, guys. I really appreciate it. Smash that subscribe button. Reminder that we'll be going live tonight for the watch along. And you can, uh, while you're going to be watching that watch along, make sure you sign up to the link in the chat here. Head over to the locker.bet and compete with Zach for a chance to win five, excuse me, $600 completely free, guys. You should go check it out. Why not? It is free, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Reminder, going to be here live tomorrow at 2 p.m. Same time as today. You can find our props show. We're going to be looking towards Sunday. We're going to be looking at some of our best bets, best props for Sunday. Going to be alongside John Legaza, Jack Miller, and Matthew Freeman. 
Love that show. Always a lot of fun. If you haven't checked it out, guys, make sure you check it out. Going to give you some bets for Sunday football. That'll do it for us today here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. A little bit long, but I hope you guys appreciate it. Again, one more time, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. Share it with your friends, guys. We're so close to hitting 3,700 subscribers. Mean a lot to us if we can do that tonight here. Uh, so for myself, for Eric Eager, for Hitman, excuse me, this has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network, guys. We'll catch you later, and good luck on your bets. Today. 